Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute, which is one-year Bible college program where you can come and learn a solid biblical foundation, uh, regardless of whatever area you decide to go in in life. And uh, it really just sets you up uh, to really know God, know yourself, and, and set up habits to pursue God throughout yep. life. I think everyone listening, if you have not decided what you're going to do in college or maybe you're still in your 20s and you're trying to figure out life, look at NicolayBibleInstitute.org online. Absolutely. Because the stuff that you get trained in on these grounds is very important for life. It's not just we want you to know the Bible. That's essential. We want you to know God and walk with him. We also want you to know how to apply it and serve God. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what field you go into, that's an important thing to be able to do. Yep. Um, in fact, Jason, if I were a parent of a, of a young person thinking about college right now, I would look at a place like Nicolay Bible Institute first, because yep. it doesn't matter what other profession they go into. Absolutely. And then, you know, there are some colleges that take the credits, and there's some that think we're goofy, so whatever. I don't, Whatever. Th- I don't think, if you want to go to Harvard, I don't think they'll take our credit. I, I would doubt it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even it. ask. <laughs> However, that that shouldn't be, a, you know, a downer because hopefully uh, you go to Harvard, you go to Harvard, I guess, and learn something and represent God well there. Yeah. And we can help you on the representing God well there part. Yes. So, yep. I was reading an article uh, from the Pew, P-E-W Research Pew, Center. Pew, Pew. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe it's, Le Pew. I remember Pepe yeah, Le Pew. Yeah, it's not the Pepe Le Pew Research Center. <laughs> <laughs> However, oh, that's um, funny. that does bring in some strange memories. Uh, w- w- what they did is they, they surveyed parents and just tried to figure out where parenting was in America today. Yep. So that's what I want to do with you. I want to go through just the highlights. Uh, they have charts on these various pages. and So let me go through the highlights and just ask you what you think about this. Okay. All right, number, the first chart they show is what parents think about mental health. As they say, that tops all the list of parental concerns. Yeah, parental concerns. Now, before I even get started here, what is mental health? Oh, man, it's a broad topic. Um, and it's, it's, I would say it's a hot topic, especially since COVID, right. uh, which I think this, this article highlights um, just the rise of mental health. And I think, I think what they're saying is it's, it's a state of young people just don't know how to really be in relationship anymore. I'm oversimplifying it, but, yeah. but relationship with others, relationship even with themselves, you know, cause I know that, um, I mean, growing up, you talk about like, you know, how do you, how do you express your feelings? How do you learn your feelings? Whereas now we've gone so isolated digitally right. that nobody knows how to deal with that anymore. And so it leads into, uh, depression and self-harm and all that, um, sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and know, I would say, I would say that, that, that COVID accentuated it. You know, I would almost say that that has slowly been on the rise ever since the, the introduction of the smartphone. Yeah. You know, and I would say that kids growing up today are totally confused. Yeah. And they're totally confused about a lot of things. I mean, they can't figure out gender. They can't figure out, you know, what success looks like or doesn't look like. Yeah. Because of all the, the media stuff that's out there. Uh, they hear arguing all the time. Mm-hmm. They, they hear about moms that don't want their babies, and they, they can't help but think about themselves being a baby at some point and thinking that mom could have, you know, she could have killed me while I was in the womb. Yeah. And I could have not mattered to her. So they hear that discussion all the time. And then they, they hear things about uh, guns and, and wars and, 
you know, I mean, they're, they're growing up in a really strange time. Mm. So when the government starts talking about mental health, I always perk my ears up because I try and think, give me a definition. Right. Give me a definition. What do you think mental health is? Somebody who doesn't grab a gun and shoot other people? Mm. Is that mental health? What, what is it exactly? And I think that most of those that talk about it in general terms, you know, it's, it's a hot topic button that they don't ever define mm. in the first place. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair summary of what's going on. No, and that's, that's the problem. So yeah. we have a nation saying we need to address mental health. What does that mean? Yeah. Does that mean handcuff everyone that's got a gun? Mm-hmm. No. What, what does it mean? Take all the guns away. Yeah. No. Because healthy people can have all the guns they want. So we need to come up with a definition. I, here's my simple definition for those listening. People who live in the context of how God created them are mentally healthy. Yeah. It's really pretty simple. So, so as I grew up and developed, I kept understanding there's a God. I'm not him. He created me, created me a certain way. As I live in the context of how he created me, I actually have mental health. So I know that when I get mad at Jason, I don't kill him. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God made that clear in the Bible. Yeah. That's not how he made us. I know that when I get married, I get married to a woman because I'm a man. I know that I stay married for my life. I commit myself to that. So there's some things. And if you look at that, it's like all those things bring peace of mind. Mm-hmm. If you're in a marriage today and you know your marriage is going to last and you know that you are going to spend the rest of your life as far as how, however long you live, Making your spouse the best they could be. If you know all those things, you know you don't have to worry about them cheating on you, running out on you, stealing your money, whatever it might be. Then you're not in mental anguish. Yeah. Likewise, kids, if they understood that mom and dad were always going to be together, that mom and dad cared about them, that my, they would have energy mentally in to put put their mind in the right direction. Right. Um, and the ultimate of a healthy mind is actually people who live at peace. And the, and the word in the Bible, peace, is shalom, which means, you know, you're going to live life the way it's intended to be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this chart says that mental health lists it, and they list the things that um, children are concerned about. Yeah. Uh, struggling with uh, anxiety or depression, number one, being bullied, being kidnapped. And we've talked about some of these things. Yeah. Being I'm surprised being kidnapped is number three. Yeah, you know. Like being kidnapped or abducted. I'm just like, I don't know, maybe that's... Have you ever thought about that with your kids? No. But that, I mean, I don't live in an urban setting, and I I don't know, it's just... I guess I've never thought about it. I suppose within my context, that one's surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Getting beat up or attacked, having problems with drugs or alcohol, uh, getting shot. Now, we do live in a hunting area, so everyone, about once a year, you're worried about your kid getting shot as he's out in the woods hunting. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I understand the urban part of this. Right, right. Uh, and it goes on. Anyway, that, that one we've talked about. Let's go to another chart here. Mm-hmm. It says, parents prioritize financial stability, job satisfaction for their children when they reach adulthood. So the thing that parents think is most important, number one, is to be financially independent. <laughs> I get it. The reason I laugh is, is I feel like it's somewhat ironic. Because you look at, you know, and it's probably somewhat the millennial generation and the generation right after that. But you think of how many kids, like, within that generation, either are still living with their parents. Right. Or aren't. And it's just like. So that's why they want them to be financially Well, independent. maybe. Maybe they're like, <laughs> touche. Yeah, touche. They're, they're like, saying, get out of my house. Would you please grow up and go yeah. get your own money? Yeah. Yep. 
Well, what's interesting is that the first thing, 88% of the parents are extremely concerned about financial independence. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder, okay, yes, I think that our children should be financially independent for their sake, right. but not for my sake. Yes. Yeah. See, that's hugely different. Some parents are thinking, quit taking my money. Mm-hmm. Well, what, do you, what else are you going to do with it? You know, I mean, take care of people with your money. That's fine. But really, you're not helping your child if they're totally dependent on you all the time for everything. Right. I fully agree. There, there comes a time where you tell your child you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And you can help them. Yeah. You know, I think uh, we were creative with our kids. And I think you can get creative with your children and how you can help them but not pay for them. Mm-hmm. So they can learn financial independence. I, I remember I didn't know whether our kids could handle a credit card or not. Yeah. You know, when they're growing up, some people can handle a credit card. I can. Yeah. I, I've never paid. Well, I shouldn't. I have because I've lost a bill, but I've never intentionally, intentionally. paid interest on a on a credit card. Right. Uh, it's just easier for record keeping, easier for me to use. I'm just not a cash guy, so that's the way that works. And my wife will verify that because if she gives me cash, she wants to know where it goes, and I never know where it went. So it's one of those things where a credit card works a whole lot better. However, I don't know. There's some people that should not have credit cards. I agree. Because their their mental makeup or something is such where. So what we did is is as soon as the kids got um, a little older in high school. Yeah. Or going to college. I can't remember like senior year in high school or something like that. Junior year. I can't remember what year. We basically had them sign up to get a credit card that they had to sign up with us on their thing mm-hmm. and uh, on their account. And, and then the limit was $100. Yeah. And we set the limit like crazy low. Why? Because, you know, they're out, they're, they're driving a the car, they need to put gas in it. You know, I can get my credit card, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm teaching them much that way. Right. Use your credit card. You have a $100 limit. I want to see you use it. I want to see you you know, balance things and make it work. Yeah. And I want to see if you get into trouble, if you keep maxing that thing out. Mm-hmm. And we found that both of our kids could actually handle credit. Yep. So they have credit cards, they're not in trouble. And then as they got older for a while, I'm not sure what they use now because they're 40 years old. So I'm not, sure. I'm not 100% sure. But for a while, they were only using debit cards. Mm. But that was their choice. We right. started them with the credit cards and they went to debit. And uh, I'm not sure what they're using today. But it's interesting that financial independence is way up there. This, yeah, I'm surprised. But the second one says, have jobs or careers that they enjoy. So they want them to be financially independent and enjoy their work. Mm-hmm. Okay, I that sounds good. That, yeah, that, yeah that, totally. That's good. Um, I think there's a lot in that. Uh, the other, what surprises me is on this, they want them to earn a college degree only 41%. Mm-hmm. Boy, in my day and age, that would I was going to say that. I would say that's different from your generation. Absolutely, for sure. But I would say that overall, our culture—it's—it's. It's, I would say it's a culture shift. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's as much pressure on that because I feel like even employers don't necessarily elevate a college degree as much as they used to. Right. You know, it's. I would say it's almost more based on experience these days than it is a piece of paper that says you graduated from somewhere. Yeah. Not only that, the, the guys I've talked to as far as business leaders yeah. have basically said people come out of college, we got to retrain them. Right. So just skip college, come to me, we'll train you right the first time. 
Yeah. Now I'm thinking, okay, now there's some things you can't skip college on. If you're going to be a doctor, you better know where the appendix is. Oh, for sure. You, know, you need to know where the appendix is and go through their, yeah. their stuff. Uh, I guess if you're going to be a teacher, you, have, you should have a teaching certificate that's going to take a degree. There are some things that you need to go to college Absolutely. for. But what's interesting is, it, you know, if you're going to be a, a welder or something like that, maybe you don't need to go to college. Yeah. Maybe that money is just better off spent some other way. Yeah, go do an apprenticeship or something. So I, yeah. I can understand where that's a little bit less than it used to be. Yep, I think so. Plus, I think the trades make, for people who look at just, years ago we were always told, if you go to college, you make all this more money in your life. Yeah. I think there's a lot of trades that are doing really well. Oh, yeah. Where you don't go to college. And, yeah, and a lot of them are where you got to work a little bit, and you can yeah. actually probably make a lot of money if you want yep. to. Now, you went to college. I did. Did your wife go to college? Uh, she just did MBI, actually. Okay. Yeah. So uh, do you have any preference what your kids do? I don't. Okay. You know, I, I think it, it would be pretty similar to the discussion we just had. I think it would be depending on what they want to do. You know, right. if they want to be a teacher, I'd be like, you probably should go to school for that. Right. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be a teacher. Right. You know, but if one of them wanted to be a builder, it's like, well... You know, go find somebody you could work with yeah. and then do the training necessary. I'm not saying that you don't need training. You know, I'm just saying maybe a four-year institution isn't the correct, or maybe it's a tech college. Right. You know, and so that's where it depends on, you know, what you want to do to be successful and what is successful. What are you looking to do? Yep. You know, and, and it would, I mean, it's all the same discussion. Yeah. You know, and, so, and I would encourage any parents that send their children to college. I would have discussions with them and work out ahead of time how not to go into debt. Absolutely. Yeah, the debt will kill you. Because I, I think that's another thing why parents aren't sending their kids for, for you know, I mean, the ticket price of college these days is right. is insane. Yeah, well, you know, many, you know, many years ago, if you worked a summer job, you could actually pay for college with the summer job. And and that's how yeah. a lot of people did it. Yeah. Now now you're you're not even close. No. Now yeah. they work, and what they use it for is you know uh, fast food money. Right. Yeah. It, oh, absolutely. It, like I was able to get a job over the summer, and and I went debt free after yeah. college. But I don't. There's no way I'd be able to do that now. Yeah. There's no way. Well, I encourage parents. You know, it's interesting as I've talked to people through time. Uh, like for me, my uh, I got quite a few state scholarships because of my dad's income. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad helped me, et cetera, and I went through debt-free. Yeah. Um, he gave me the advice that every year I could come to camp and work for nothing and that if I would watch, God would take care of me. Yeah. One way or the other. And and he put his money where his mouth was, too. It wasn't that God would take care of you, but I have some resources I'm not going to share with you. No, he helped me mm -hmm. uh, because he was also saying, you go serve the Lord like that. Huh? Yeah. I would love to participate. You know, in helping you go to college. Yeah. Now, but he was very limited. In fact, my first year teaching school when I got out of college, I made more than he did. And he had been at his church for like 30 years. Yeah. So he, he didn't make a lot, but he was willing to help me where he could. Mm -hmm. And then I got some, you know, athletic kind of money and I got some state money. But, you know, I was able to go through that free. Yeah. Um, but in the whole process, I was able to see God work. I was able to see the generosity of my parents, et cetera. So when our kids got to college, same with us, we were thinking, well, we got to do whatever we can to help them stay debt-free because you get out of college today with a huge debt. I oh, mean, you man. think about that. You get out, let's say you have a $100,000 debt. You don't have a car. You don't have anywhere to live. You don't have any insurances. You don't have anything yet. Right. And you already have $100,000 in the hole. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah, I So agree. I would encourage parents somehow to figure out 
how you can encourage your children because you're you're um, the key factor in them starting their life in a way where they can be successful. Yeah. So whether it be getting them a credit card when they're still under your roof so you can kind of monitor how they use it, whether it be having these discussions on how you can go through college and not end up in, in debt like crazy. Um, you know, I personally think you can get creative. I, I've actually lent our kids money, and I know some people are totally against that, but I have with no interest because I think it's right for me to do, mm-hmm. and I want to help them. Yeah. And and you know what? They've paid me back 100% of the time and and early. Yeah. So that that isn't a big deal, and it isn't, and, and none of them actually came and asked for it. Mm-hmm. I just looked at it and said, well, man, you know, if something happens to mom and I, this money's yours anyway. Mm-hmm. I can lend it to you at no interest. Yeah. And and you need to be responsible. And again, watching them pay me back is, is something that shows their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been thankful they've been very responsible so far in any of that. Now, I'm not saying we go do that for everything. It's just every once in a while you look at something and say, would this enhance their future? Or if they get into this situation, will it stop them from being what they could be? Hmm. And both of our kids right now, uh, one is married and, and that couple and, and my single daughter, they're both actually very active in ministry. Mm-hmm. I would hate for them to, to be hampered right now by extra bills where they couldn't do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that just would drive me nuts. Yeah. Especially if I have money just sitting somewhere, not doing anything. I've told parents before, you know, the least you could do is lend the money to your kid at the bank rate where it's sitting. Yeah. Right. You're not going to lose any money then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're making, what do you make on interest these days? I don't know. It's changing Let's all the time. Let's say 4%. Let's say you're making 4%. Yeah. It's a good loan for your kid. Mm-hmm. Give, them a, give them the money. Why is it sitting in the bank at 4% when you give it to them for 4%? Right. And then I go even further and say, why don't you knock the 4% off and just lend it to them and mm-hmm. have them pay you back? Yeah. Um, there is a certain thrill in watching your kids become successful. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. You know, I mean, and not constantly drowned under something. Now, I, on the other side of the story, I've had guys come to me and say, oh, I'm so glad my parents didn't do that because it you know, allowed me to go through this. And I, that could be. Um, that's why God has us pray to him and ask him for how we mm-hmm. actually do it because every child's going to be different. Right. Yeah, and every child will be a different situation. It might yeah. not be the thing that you need to do. Just like a credit card isn't the right option for everybody. No, it isn't. You know. And um, and I would never preach that it would be. I right. think I think you have to be somewhat... No, very responsible. You're going to do that. Yeah. All right, another chart, another chart. Most parents say parenting is harder than they expected, but give themselves high marks for the job they're doing. Well, that's nice of them. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that wrong? Uh, No, that's fairly accurate. It's harder than they expected, but we're doing great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I will never know how I do until I stand before God, I think, on the parenting job. Yeah, you know, Children will grow and develop and continue to grow on the foundation that we set. Yeah. And really, it it is hard for a child to move away from what they've learned when they were kids. And that's why when your children are in your home, they're the age of your kids, I encourage people, live as an example before them. Have the spiritual discussions with your spouse. Talk to them about what's going on. Let your kids see a lifestyle because as they grow up, that lifestyle will be one that's normal for them. Mm-hmm. And that's who they're going to feel comfortable being around, those kinds of people. Yep. 
Um, it's interesting because there's so many young ladies I've talked to through time where they come and, and they, they explain that their life has been rough, they've been abused, they've been yelled at, whatever it might be. And then I watch them date somebody or want to marry somebody who treats them that way. Mm. And I keep thinking, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing it? And you know what? They grew up that way. That's the only way they know. That's what they're comfortable seeing. They know how to deal with that. They don't know how to deal with being treated right. Yeah. It's like, well, let's get you in front of people who treat each other right so you can at least see it. So mom and dad, your great goal is to live in a way that your kids can emulate. And uh, you'll find out if you do a good job, I guess, in time. Yep. Next chart, more than four in ten parents describe themselves as overprotective. Forty percent of the parents describe themselves as overprotective. Overprotective. I don't know. How do you? Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's that's a general term, I would say. Yeah. You know, because there's probably areas that I would probably categorize myself as overprotective, if you want to use it that way. Yeah. You know, because I'm mindful of the influences that I want my kids to have. So in in some areas, you know, I'm going to be, you know, if you say I'm overprotective because I care about what they watch or what they intake on the screen, then yes, I'm overprotective because I want to, to show them that, you know, they should be mindful of the things that they're choosing to watch, choosing to listen to. Would that be wisdom or or overprotective? That's what I don't know. Like, I I don't know what overprotecting is, you know, because you might have somebody else be like, oh, you're just too overprotective, you know. you you know you probably didn't grow up with that so you could you turned out well they could figure it out yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. there's that that balance of you know what are people calling overprotective and so that one's interesting to me yeah you know cuz you, you can almost depending on the situation you could be you could use overprotective or i would say i'm being intentional right well you know? and you could talk about when god allows us to go through things so we learn yeah you know, none of us want our children to suffer. No, no one gets up in the morning and says, mm-hmm. "I hope my kids suffer today." Right. But when you look back on your life, did you ever learn from suffering? At times. Yeah. Would you want to take that away from? Oh yeah. Your experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you look at it and you go, you know, God sometimes just watches me squirm, mm-hmm. and He doesn't bail me out. Yeah. He lets me squirm because I need to go through it. Yeah. Uh, you look at that. Uh, think of uh, Abraham. Uh, God came to Abraham and said, I want you to take Isaac up and sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are uncomfortable steps. Every single one of them up that mountain is an uncomfortable step. Absolutely. And and some might say, well, if you really loved him, you'd tell him ahead of time what's going on. Mm. No, this was important. You know, you look at that story and you wonder, why did God allow that? Why did he do it that way? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because God didn't know, by the way, because God knew what Abraham was going to do. But if you look at Abraham, Abraham was a guy, I think, that lost total confidence in himself and doing right. Yeah. Because he kept pawning his wife off as his sister. Kept getting in trouble for that. I'm sure that wasn't pleasant when when she got back to him. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It was like, really? You keep denying the fact that I'm your wife? Yeah. So I think after a while, Abraham might have said, I just don't have it in me to do right. I I don't have any confidence. Mm-hmm. And God was thinking, no, those times with your wife, you've learned not to do that. Mm-hmm. You've learned now that I'm going to take care of you. So since you don't see it, I'm going to put you in another situation where you can actually see that you'll obey. Yeah. So I, th- I think sometimes God puts us in very difficult situations mm-hmm. on purpose so that we can learn about his 
provision for us. Yeah, that's good. And and that's important. Like when we went through as a ministry the derecho. Yeah, the big storm. That actually was a blessing. We look back on it now. Yeah, absolutely. In the moment, it's like, oh man. Yeah, in the moment what we're going the world? really. Yeah. And and I I think I don't know how many times I thought, oh, I can't do this, God. This is crazy. It, all these years of being here and now seeing it destroyed like that. And God probably sitting in heaven going, I know what you can go through. Mm-hmm. And actually, you're going to learn a lot by going through this. Yeah. So as much as I'd like to remove you from that, I'm not going to. I'm going to let you suffer. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, every parent will have that choice with their children at some point. And I think it'll be harder on one of the spouses than the other, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mom, maybe dad, to watch their child actually struggle. Right. And to refrain from helping. Mm-hmm. And I and that's probably the, where the overprotecting discussion probably comes in, because at some point as they get older, you do have to give them more freedom. Right. To make mistakes. Yeah. And it's that's, like, as a parent, that's the hard part. It's kind of like, when are you going to teach them to use a chainsaw? Right. Because the accident is pretty serious. Yeah, and, yep. you know, the consequences are a little bit more impactful yes. as they get older because the responsibility is higher. Exactly, or drive a car yep. or, or do those other things. So it's like, you know, there's some parents who just don't want their kid to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Why? They won't get in an accident. Yeah. Okay, put bubble wrap around them too while they you know go outside. There, There's some things where you have to say, yep. now, different philosophies though. I mean, you know, my daughter... Um, grew up here at camp, and one of them, and she, uh, both of them did, but she would drive the golf cart all over, so, you know, she kind of had that. Mm-hmm. So I was one who, we're driving Minnesota, and I told my younger daughter, hey, get behind the wheel, let's go on the highway. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife's going, wait a minute, wait a minute, she's not ready for that, and, and my wife was right on that one, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the parents sometimes have two different viewpoints, and on how much to let a child yeah. discover, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm thinking you could do this. You drive a golf cart, yeah. You know, I mean, you know how to drive. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a brake, there's a gas. Likewise, uh, downhill skiing. You know, my wife would take when we taught our kids. She would take our oldest daughter and she would teach her. And I took our my our youngest one. And he just said, "Let's bomb the hill," and we went down. Mm-hmm. To this day, my older daughter skis well. My younger daughter doesn't want to ski at all. <laughs> you know and i look at it i go well different method of teaching you know but when i look back on it she got taught when she grew up i just went downhill and crashed into things until i learned yeah and so i was teaching the way i learned she was teaching the way she learned i didn't think i was um not protecting my child i was going on hills that were easy yeah you know I'm, there That's were funny. no trees for her to run into so you know yeah. i mean how how you got to fall <laughs> so you can learn to get up. Yeah. Anyway, different That's philosophies funny. there. So I guess uh, if you're trying to talk about being overprotective, you're going to have to describe what you mean on that one as well. Yeah. And, and really, and really, I mean, parenting takes intentionality. It does. And that's the thing. And if you have the best in mind, like you want, even as we were talking about earlier in the show, you want to set them up so that when they move and become an adult, they know how to do it. Right. And at some point, you, you, you got to be able to let go and, and let them have the freedom to screw up. Well, if you so. ever teach your children chainsaw, I got the chainsaw to teach them on. So. You taught me how to do chainsaw. I know, and, and now I have a chainsaw to teach them on. It's a little easier, so don't do it on your big gas one. Sounds good. 
Uh, great discussions that we're having today. Hopefully you're, you're just thinking and being encouraged. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation on our next episode, but for this episode, we're out of time. I encourage you to head over to silverchranch.org and you can download this podcast and others or go to your favorite podcasting site and subscribe so that way you get all the updates. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. See you next time. Bye-bye.